Welcome back to Schneider Arena here in Providence, Rhode Island, on the campus of Providence College with a score at the end of two periods. It's Providence 7, Merrimack 4, a good old-fashioned shootout here at the Schneider Corral. Mike Macknick with John Leahy here and joining us here, second in the mission, Mike McMahon. And uh, I'll tell you, Mike, in, in some ways, a uh, better night for the Warriors than last night. Certainly, of course, there was really nowhere to go uh, from up after that 7-2 loss and being outshot 44-11 in their own rink uh, against Providence last night. But it has to be a big concern here now. Seven goals. They've given up at least seven in three of the last four games. Eight goals in the 8-3 to three loss to Bemidji State last Friday. 7-2 uh, to two last night against Providence. 7-4 to four here tonight against Providence, and the game's not over yet. Uh, yeah, a huge concern. <laughs> when, you, when you're allowing that many goals, it's a huge concern. There's no question. So uh, I, I think that they'll... Uh, you know, ultimately, this is they've played better than this over the course of the year, and, and I think this might be a bad stretch, but they've played some pretty talented and skilled teams at the beginning of the year and didn't look this bad defensively. So it's hard not to think that they'll figure it out, but they're in a stretch right now where some, someone's got to break their way because allowing this many goals, I mean, I'd say you're not going to get many wins. You're not going to get any wins if you're allowing seven goals a game. And the other thing you could say, you know, you could look at the games against Bemidji last week, at least the first period, the first night, and then the second night, of course, where they were outshot. I think it was 36-17 or something like that. But uh, last night being outshot 44-11. to Tonight better, certainly, in the first period, although the second period was close for a while, then Providence really opened it up, in the, especially in the second half of the period. So the shots ended up 17-4 to in the period for the game. The Friars have 30. Merrimack has 16. But, you know, that's another thing, too, is getting outshot badly. Being outshot badly certainly uh, doesn't help. But I'm also wondering whether or not, I mean, is it is it style of play? What is it? I mean, you know, are they opening things up a bit here? I feel like I'm not sure really because I'd expect it to result in more scoring chances than they've had. It seemed more a case of just the fact that, uh, you know, for whatever reason, they, that attention to detail that they've had defensively hasn't quite been, <clears throat> been there uh, for uh, several of the last few games. I mean, I think last week against Bemidji was, was a disappointment in that regard because they're, they're, a, they're a good team, but they're a team that I think Merrimack should be able to compete with. Uh, this weekend doesn't surprise me as much, honestly, just because I think we said it last night, I think Providence is the best team in the league. So th this is going to be, I think, your biggest challenge of the year when it comes to uh, you know having to face a team that can not only score goals but can put up shots and just carry possession. And not only is Providence, from a, one, a ones, wins and losses standpoint, I think one of the better teams in the league, you look at the possession metrics, I mean, they have to puck a lot, and, and they have all season against even some their tougher competition. Their possession percentage is up around 60%, which is crazy. Uh, you know, and it's probably over 60% after last night's game. It'll definitely up over 60% after tonight. So this is a team that, that has the puck a lot. I mean, this disparity in shots against Providence, you almost expect it just because they're as good as they are, uh, and they have so much possession against even uh, even better teams in the league. Uh, the Bemidji one, though, is the one that kind of sticks out. And you say, hey, you know what? That's a team that they should be a little more even with. Real quick, uh, Tavernier picked up a misconduct at the end of that period, uh, unsportsmanlike and a 10-minute misconduct. So uh, that's added on. What did, what did you think about that, Mike? Because I thought that's got to be then for shooting the puck after the whistle. I thought the shot came, uh, you know, just before the buzzer expired. Yeah, that's back call. Uh, the shot definitely came before the buzzer expired. I thought so. Uh, I mean, well, we don't have the benefit of replay, obviously, and hearing when it happened. I don't know if they reviewed. They definitely discussed it. I don't know if they reviewed it or not. Uh, but uh, yeah, in my opinion, from what we saw at live speed back call. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about scheduling as well. We chatted about it with uh, Nate Lehman, the head coach of Providence, before the game. Uh, first of all, you know, looking at you know Merrimack had Bemidji. They went out there this weekend or last weekend uh, this season for 
couple of games. Uh, sounds like Bemidji's going to come in in the next couple of years. Uh, you've got Denver and Colorado College coming in uh, later on this season at the end of Janu- end of December, beginning of January. Uh, Merrimack's going to go out to Lake State next year to return the trip that Lake State made this year. Um, Minnesota Duluth, that's one thing. I'm not sure if you've heard anything about this yet. Minnesota Duluth, is that still on the docket? They were, last I heard, going to come in next year. Yeah, I think it's next year. Yep. I, and I, I could be wrong. I think it's around the same time that Merrimack went out there. So I don't think it's the season opener, uh, but it's, I think it's supposed to be sometime in October. Okay. Uh, any other word, perhaps, on uh, on scheduling the Let's see Bentley this year. That would have been a return uh, for Bentley having come in the year before. Army, I think, same thing. Uh, so I'm not sure. Maybe a trip to Holy Cross since they have Holy Cross coming in this year. Anything else? They're going to Holy Cross next year over Thanksgiving. Uh, I think it's over. I'm not sure if it's over. No, it's got moved. It was supposed to be over Thanksgiving weekend, but it got moved, I think, earlier in the year. But, yeah, they are returning to Holy Cross next year. I know that. Uh, next year they're supposed to start that tournament with Lowell, too. I don't remember the two teams that come in first, but the four of the four teams over the first two years are Penn State, Harvard, Miami, and Bemidji. Uh, the Bemidji trip was a, a return for them coming in in a couple of years. Uh, so I th- they're two years from now. I don't know who's next year. I think it's Penn State and Harvard next year, and then Miami and Bemidji the following year. They're going to come in and play one game at Merrimack, one game at Lowell over Thanksgiving weekend, and they're going to kind of set it up in a tournament format. Uh, but I don't know if that's for sure Penn State and Harvard next year. I'm pretty sure it's Penn State and Harvard next year, Bemidji and Miami the following yeah, and it's pretty interesting, too, that sounds like the uh, the way that the scheduling may work for that is such that, um, you know, you're not going to play all of those teams on the road. Usually when you have a, a, some sort of a scheduling agreement where you've got, you know, let's say we start with BC, Merrimack, and Wisconsin, for example. So uh, Wisconsin comes out, plays single games at each, and then each of those, you know, for two different years, and then each of those teams end up going to... Ends up going to uh, uh, Wisconsin for two games, you know, such that everybody ends up with, uh, you know, two home games out of it. And, and that's another one. They're supposed to come in next year, too, to fulfill the, the rest of that agreement. So Wisconsin should be back next year. Uh, the way the tournament's working, so uh, basically you're having teams come in and play two road games. So like, let's take Bemidji, for example. They're going to come in and play two road games that weekend, one at Merrimack, one at Lowell. Uh, another team is going to do the same thing. Let's use Penn State as the example. Penn State will come in the same weekend. I don't know if it's if they're matched up together, but I think it's actually Miami. So we'll say Miami comes in the same weekend, plays one at Merrimack, one at Lowell, and then Merrimack and Lowell are splitting who they return those trips to because you can't, the, the teams are so far apart, you can't do one and one. So what's going to end up happening there is going to be, uh, you know, Merrimack will return the trip to one, Merrimack went to Bemidji. I think we'll see Lowell go to Miami either next year, maybe the year after, whenever, uh, in order to kind of fulfill that agreement. So both teams are coming in to play one in each building, and then Merrimack and Lowell are splitting up how they return those trips. Uh, Merrimack goes to Michigan in January early January. My impression is that's a one-and-done kind of deal, right? Michigan's not coming in. No, they're not. At least not that I know of. Yeah. I mean, that. I, I think that, uh, I know the impression I've had is that the Eastern teams have been trying to to, uh, you know, hold to the idea of reciprocal agreements and you know, we're not going to go out and play you unless you play us. But I, if I recall correctly, Merrimack needed a game at that point and that's probably why that happened. But somebody dropped. I don't remember who it was, but somebody that was supposed to be on the schedule dropped that. We thought I think it was later on because that week is now a midweek game. Yeah. So I think they had a drop in the schedule later on. You could probably figure it out looking and seeing like when do they have an off week or a week with one game.
game. Uh, but when that that drop happened in the schedule, they ended up having it just they were stuck for a game, and, and Michigan needed one. So yeah, they're going out there for the one game this year. I don't think they're coming. Michigan is not, at least to my knowledge, not expecting to come back. It seems like Merrimack's had some success the last couple of years of you know being able to get those reciprocal agreements to happen. They played Denver about six years ago, went out there for two. Denver never came back. Uh, this time Denver does come back, so Denver's going to be in for the first time ever after Merrimack going there last year. Denver will be in at the end of December. Colorado College, same thing. Uh, Minnesota Duluth, Merrimack went out there for two. Uh, Minnesota Duluth's going to come in next year for two. So those have all been, I think, you know, successful. Um, you get the impression, it's, uh, first of all, it seems to me like Scott Bork is maybe more involved in the scheduling now as a head coach and, and trying to get, you know, the games that he wants on the schedule. But do you think that, uh, you know, that he's going to hold to this idea of, you know, you play, you come to play us or we won't go play you? I think he's going to try to. You know, it's tough. I, I think you see reciprocation more with the NCHC. I've talked to a couple of coaches about this over the last maybe six months or a year, and, and they say, you know, the NCHC are the, are, seem to be the teams that are willing to come back. And you look, Merrimack and Wisconsin were willing to come back, but uh, you look and they went to Duluth had no problem with it. CC had no problem with it. Denver had no problem with it. It's the Big Ten. I mean, the Big Ten is the ones that are giving people issues, I think, with reciprocation. And a lot of them have bigger buildings. Uh, you know, Michigan, actually, Michigan's on the smaller side. Uh, you look at a school like Ohio State has a 15,000 seat building. Wisconsin has a 15,000 seat building. Wisconsin, though, actually had that agreement with BC and Maryland, so they did come. Yeah, they're the one team that actually is. Uh, but a lot of those schools with, with the bigger buildings, I think they look at it as, look, we're going to make too much money with a home game. But you look at Penn State, it's a joke. Penn State starts schedule this year, and people are excited with their start. They always have fun starts because their schedule is a joke. You're at home. They've had one road game, and they're going to have one road game until January. I mean, it, it's, it's, it's insane. And, and they're playing home games against teams that they're never yeah. going to go to. Yeah, they're playing Niagara. I mean, no offense to Niagara, but if Penn State doesn't beat Niagara, there's a problem, and they're never going to make a return trip there. It's some of the Big Ten schools, in my opinion, the way that they do their scheduling is a just an absolute joke. And, and you can look at Penn State, and they're definitely one of them. Lastly, uh, before we let you go, we were talking off the air there, the uh, play of the Merrimack freshmen, uh, especially uh, you know some goal production from guys like Greesock and and uh, Logan Drevich, some other guys as well. It seems like you know I don't maybe you'll. Maybe this will be something you'll look at perhaps for the MacReport.com and putting some numbers together, but just feels like the production from this freshman class has been greater than it has been in recent years. Definitely, yeah. I mean, they've had some years where you don't feel like you're really getting anything out of the freshman class from an offensive standpoint. So, uh, obviously, great. I mean, Grisak's been arguably their best forward. You know, I don't even think it's arguably anymore. I think right now, you, you kind of look from a production standpoint, the last two, three weeks, he's been their best forward. Uh, Irvine maybe has been their best forward over the course of the entire year. Um, but Greesox, he's led the team in shots since, I think, the first weekend. So he's always kind of been in that conversation. <laughs> Excuse me. And then uh, Logan Drevich, we talked about, he seems to have taken a step over the last couple of weeks as well uh, and kind of asserted himself as a, as a top six guy as well. So, uh, yeah, and, and Jordan Seifert, I mean, we've, uh, we were talking about him off the air. He's, he's a guy that maybe isn't getting the offensive totals right now, but I feel like that's going to come. Uh, and he's doing other things that is going to keep him in the lineup. So even when he's not scoring, uh, the way he is aggressive in the forecheck and he's getting under the skin of the opponent, that, that's the type of stuff that I think is going to keep him in the lineup. There was one play last night. It's it's late. It's 7-2. So uh, he easily could have been taking their foot off the gas. And I think Marat just had the puck behind the net. And Seaver went in and laid a really hard hit on him in the corner. And it was just one of those things that kind of stuck out to me in the game last night. We're like, hey, at that point, things are kind of getting away from you at 7-2. You could be just going, hey, we got to get out of here and get to tomorrow. He was still worried about laying a solid body check late in the game, down 7-2. That, that kind of 
tells you something about you know where he is as a player. I think that, that's that type of stuff that's going to keep him in the lineup, even when he's not scoring. And I think at some point the scoring is going to come for him. All right, thanks a lot, Mike. We appreciate it. Uh, happy Thanksgiving to you and uh, and your family. We'll see you uh, Friday, I believe, Holy Cross in town, or we, we, we won't. I'm actually going to miss that. My uh, my son's playing in a hockey tournament up in Buffalo, so we will we'll be away next weekend. I'll, I'll be watching on video. All right, get ready for it. I guess it starts now, right? This week, Buffalo. Next week, Cleveland, or you know, the week after Quebec or something. Who knows? I, I was on the fence about Buffalo, but it's the one tournament the team does a year, so I was fine with it. <laughs> one this year. We'll see. Next year will be more, and then so on. So, all right, enjoy. Have a good uh, Thanksgiving as well. We'll talk to you again down the line. Thanks, you too. That's Mike McMahon, the MacReport.com, the Eagle Tribune as well, and call it Hockey News. Score here at the end of two, Providence 7, Merrimack 4. We're back with more right after this. This is Warrior Hockey.